By the 1920s, the modern and more scientific approach to chess that began with Wilhelm Steinitz had been around for over half a century. It seemed that the core principles of the game had been discovered. Then, one man arrived and challenged everything. This is the story of Aaron Nimzovich. Welcome to Audible Chess, where I tell the story of chess through history, fiction, and the games of the masters. Nimzovich was born in 1886 in Latvia. His father expected him to take over the family business one day, which was in the timber trade. But instead, he went to Berlin to study mathematics and philosophy. But neither held his interest, and he found himself spending more and more time playing chess in the local cafes. He's now become famous for his theoretical contributions to the game. His dominant idea was that the principles of positional chess were not so much rules as they were guidelines. Each game of chess was unique, he thought, and required a more flexible outlook and approach. Nimzovich's thinking was, in a way, a return to the creativity and adventurousness that were the hallmarks of Romantic era chess. For starters, Nimzovich saw opening theory as dogmatic. He disagreed with the commonly accepted idea that the center of the board should be occupied with pawns early on in the game. There were, he thought, disadvantages to this. Here's a quote on the subject from a book called Dynamic Chess by R.N. Coles. Coles uses the term hypermodern, which is what Nimzovich's school of thought came to be called. The advance of a center pawn was regarded by the hypermoderns not only as weakening the squares on each side of it, but also as creating a point in itself which could be attacked. Instead of controlling the center directly, Nimzovich advocated using the minor pieces, the knights and bishops, to control it from a distance. In 1925, he published a book laying out his philosophy. The name of the book was My System. It not only criticized those who'd gone before him, but also described some original ideas. Among them was the idea of prophylaxis, which means you should actively try to discover and work to prevent your opponent's plans. There was also the concept of overprotection, which means that if you overdefend your own pieces, those pieces doing the defending can still be mobilized elsewhere on the board when necessary. He placed special importance on the notion of blockade. For instance, past pawns needed to be stopped with knights and then captured. His section on blockading is one of the most commonly quoted from my system. First restrain, next blockade, lastly destroy. One of his most famous games was his Zugzwang game against Friedrich Samisch in Copenhagen. Uh, and that's the game we're studying today. Just a reminder to check out the show notes for training resources there, along with links to the game annotation for you to study. Thanks everyone for listening, and I hope the show helps improve your chess. One. White moves. Pawn to d4.
Black moves. Knight to f6. Two, white moves. Pawn to c4. Black moves. Pawn to e6. Black's pawn on e6. Attacks which two squares? D5 and F5. Three. White moves. Knight to F3. Black moves. Pawn to b6. Four. White moves. Pawn to g3. Black moves. Bishop to b7. What color is the b7 square? b7 is a light square. Five. White moves. Bishop to g2. Black moves. Bishop to e7. Six. White moves. Knight to c3. Black moves. Castle's kingside. Which piece is on the c3 square? White's knight. Seven. White moves. Castle's kingside.
Black moves. Pawn to d5. Eight. White moves. Knight to e5. Black moves. Pawn to c6. White has a fianchettoed bishop. Which square is it on? G2. Nine. White moves. C pawn takes d5. Black moves. C-pawn takes d5. Ten. White moves. Bishop to f4. Black moves. Pawn to a6. Can the white knight on c3 move safely to the b5 square? No, because it would be captured by black's pawn on a6. 11. White moves. Rook to c1. Black moves. Pawn to b5. Twelve. White moves. Queen to b3. Black moves. Knight to c6. Which pieces are on the d-file? The black queen on d8, and the black pawn on d5, and the white pawn on d4. Thirteen. White moves. Knight takes c6.
Black moves. Bishop takes c6. Fourteen. White moves. Pawn to h3. Black moves. Queen to d7. Which square is white's king on? G1. Fifteen. White moves. King to h2. Black moves. Knight to h5. Sixteen. White moves. Bishop to d2. Black moves. Pawn to f5. Black's knight is on h5. Which white pawn is it attacking? The pawn on g3. Seventeen. White moves. Queen to d1. Black moves. Pawn to b4. Eighteen. White moves. Knight to b1. Black moves. Bishop to b5. Which is the open file on the board? The c file. Nineteen. White moves. Rook to g1.
Black moves. Bishop to d6. Twenty. White moves. Pawn to e4. Black moves. F pawn takes e4. Which of black's minor pieces is left undefended? The knight on h5. Twenty-one. White moves. Queen takes h5. Black moves. Rook takes f2. Twenty-two. White moves. Queen to g5. Black moves. Rook, a file, to f8. Which of black's pieces is pinning the pawn on g3 to its king? The bishop on d6. 23. White moves. King to h1. Black moves. Rook, 8th rank, to f5. Twenty-four. White moves. Queen to e3. Black moves. Bishop to d3. Black has a rook battery set up on which file? The f file. Twenty-five. White moves. Rook. C file to e1.
Black moves. Pawn to h6. White resigns.